Hello, everyone, and welcome to Music Is Everything podcast with me, Andrew Groves, and my very good friend and my teacher, my inspiration and my light, Matthew Hornby. Hello. Well, and, and welcome and welcome to this presentation. Yes. Yes, yes. This educational uh, segment of what is... I, I've, I'm sad to report, actually, that this will be the last episode of Music Is Everything, as uh, we are now basically, I think, achieving what we all set out to do, and that's just, A, talk about Guns N' Roses for an episode. That's it, Guns so, N' Roses. Uh, now, now we're here, it can't really get any better. So <laughs> I think we just we just call it now. This is um, where we peaked. Yeah. yeah. Well, this, is, this is the only reason I was even remotely interested in starting a podcast sure. is to talk about Guns N' Roses. Sure. So if you've been if you've been listening regularly, you know, I've tried to like, you know, elbow in mm-hmm. here and there when I can, but this is now just I should have stop I should stop talking about other things. I mean, mm-hmm. this is all we're here for is the best band ever to have existed on planet Earth. And do you really think that? No. Okay. So, I was going to even caveat my own statement. <laughs> <laughs> but actually in uh preparing for this oh. you kind of like you realize why you do like them okay oh, why i why i realize why i like them um but they long story short they're a huge a huge inspiration to me like early in my life mm-hmm. um which yeah we can kind of talk about why but um yeah huge so they're probably one of the bands i know most about and kind of okay. uh you know i'm wearing my t-shirt and everything uh, I do actually have my friend bought me years ago uh, like a really like a cherry shop leather jacket um, nice. and, and sewed a big Guns N' Roses patch on the back strong. gave it to me for my birthday but I don't have it here otherwise I'd be wearing that as well yeah, yeah, sweating yeah. just with dedication dedication anyway. to the dedication to the that's real dedication to the cause I feel like oh I, yeah I think um, well if you're into kind of the like the collecting side of things and like the the fandom mm-hmm. I don't know, assembling like a little collection of things around the thing you like is, yeah, just really enjoyable. So what, what, what are we, you know, you're fresh out the mine. What, <laughs> what happens? Where, when, does, when does Guns N' Roses come into your life? When did, when did uh, you first find Guns N' Roses? I guess it was a combination of school and music TV. Because they were obviously massive, for those who don't know, and I think they're famous enough, but again, I'm coming at it from my generational Mm -hmm. standpoint, I guess. So maybe if you're younger, you might not really know much about them. Um, To be honest, they're not, they they weren't around really when I was, I was way too young to discover Mm -hmm. them. The first album came out when I was like, just out of the womb. Uh, So... And they're a bit of a flash in the pan. So yeah, but I, the, the music videos were on TV, like the big ones, the Paradise Cities and Sweet Child of Minds. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, in school, I had a few friends who were into kind of your classic rocks and, and Guns N' Roses, whilst I don't really consider them classic rock because they're a bit later than that 70s Zeppelin thing. Mm. Um, they're a bit of an island, in my opinion. They were kind of at the tail end of yeah like rock and roll and the kind of glam movement mm. but then got kind of squashed by grunge uh and were their own their own thing 
Um, but yeah, they, it came in at quite a formative time for me. Um, and I guess it's the, it's the, they're a hard rock band, but they're the, the combination of the members. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm talking kind of the, the classic appetite era mm-hmm. lineup, um, which is pr- probably the most famous, the most revered and, you know, the one that really took them somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, but you've got like Slash, who's the blues man. You've sure. got Duff, who's the punk rocker. You've got Izzy, who's uh, like the songwriter kind of artist, artistic kind of guy. Mm. Probably more of like a, uh, I don't want to say country influence, but yeah, it's a bit like, it's like a scratchy uh, rhythm guitar sound. And mm. yeah, a bit more, yeah, a bit more artsy. And then Stephen Adler, who's like the the kind of, enthusiastic puppy kind of drummer sure you know like ready to go and then axel who's this uh like unpredictable vol- vol- volatile human being with this mm. grandiose vision mm-hmm. of what this could be but also with this kind of like screeching cat like super unique voice mm. um and it's so it's kind of that culmination of everything you know it, it meant that there's something in there for whatever you're well, not whatever you taste are, because I'm assuming not everyone likes Guns N' Roses, but this episode should prove you otherwise. Um, but yeah, there's something in there. Is it for, well for me? It was a perfect combination of everything I like, mm-hmm. uh, and they just happened to be massive. But <laughs> and it was a like I say, flash in the pan thing. Really, it's they 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 came and went in their purest form, if you like, uh, quite quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, but with quite a lot of material, not like a super extensive back catalogue, but, you know, big enough that you can see uh, the journey, the intention, mm-hmm. uh, and this this kind of breadth and depth of their um, their output, as in stylistically. Yeah, I was surprised um, at how, just how many records there were. Mm-hmm. I didn't, I didn't, well, as in that there were so few, I, I in my mind... I don't know. In my mind, there was, for a band of the weight that they have and the command that they have of kind of popular culture and and just to be a band that big, I was actually surprised. I was like, oh, I know. I know these records, bar maybe like one or two. Mm -hmm. I, I, yeah, I was surprised at, yeah, like you say, such a small period of time I mean, I'm. I know there is such a thing as new music. Are they? But is it kind of mainly concentrated in that kind of first sort of three records? Is that kind of the real? Even now, yeah, that's the, is that still the? Yeah, that's the meat. And they've released a couple of tracks because um, just a quick timeline, I guess. Mm. They got like it's mid eighties. They got together, mm. and then it all kind of really peaked early few few uh, first few years of the nineties. All fell apart mid nineties, and then there was kind of Axel's very slow and quite unconventional rekindling of Guns N' Roses and in inverted commas mm. uh, throughout the next kind of what twenty twenty five years, mm. and then I think it was two thousand eighteen uh, they reformed as uh, and again the original lineup in inverted commas mm. as Slash Duff and Axel. Um, so yeah, the it's it's that first bit. So appetite for destruction, 
Usually Illusion 1 and 2. Mm. At the main albums, then there's uh, GNR Lies as an EP, um, which has got a couple of really popular tracks on it. Um, and that's really the main chunk. And then the Spaghetti Incident, which is a, a covers album from 93. But again, is it a covers was, album? Yeah, it's all punk covers. That's... Okay, that's going to be pertinent later on in the discussion. Okay. Very interesting. I didn't know it, was a, it is by far the worst cover and the worst title I've ever <laughs> it is. seen it's terrible. in my entire life. Um, I thought it was a joke. Well, I don't know. It could but be. That's interesting. I, I haven't read too much into it, but I've always okay. been on that same page. Isn't it like, what? Yeah. You know. It's, the, oh, it's also, it's the spaghetti incident? Question mark. Yeah, yeah. 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 So anyway, yeah, they, it's it, Appetite was the obviously the debut in '87. It came out, mm. um, which is like uh, a hard, mainly hard rock. They didn't really get yeah. too hard into the ballads at that time. It was mm. quite riffy. Um, and then I was oh. '87, and then '91 was Use Your Illusion One and Two, mm. um, which a double album released six months apart. First, I think it was the first record to be in spots one and two in the US Billboard. Mm. Uh, just they were the biggest band in the world at that time. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Stadiums and all that kind of thing, but really meteoric kind of rise, super quick. Mm-hmm. And um, but yeah, that's when they start the the user illusions are when the kind of the Axel, uh, in I guess not influence, but like he his vision started to kind of seep in mm-hmm. to a greater extent. So there's there's a lot of like you know rock songs and riffs, but a lot of pianos is like synthy strings mm. uh, uh, and a lot more kind of I don't want to say classical influence but yeah more of the more it's more of a grand vision sure. you know these also like 12 minute songs you know uh, so yeah well so I'm interested so um, what as as someone who I wouldn't say is like a big fan mm. uh, well I don't know that's my assumption okay what's give me your give me your your scoop um Okay, I, 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 I know all the headlines. Mm-hmm. I know all of the singles. I'm, I can now conclusively, unless there was some, you know, like fourth single or something. I'm, I'm fairly, and I've, fa- and I've, that has come to me via sort of osmosis, cultural osmosis throughout my life. Um, to be honest, I mean, I think what really didn't help was that every, like, every lesson I did, every band we played with growing since I was like 14, they would always be a Guns N' Roses-esque band that were kind of everything but and I think that it just made for a like a really high barrier to entry in that like I I felt like it was just everywhere that thing um and yeah and I would I, I sort of learned the guitar and then I teach I taught for a long time um, and I did, like every lesson was Guns N' Roses stuff, um, and that's to I. I'm going to recap that later. Mm-hmm. 
so, to, like, I think going into this, I was interested to to like with some of the other artists to go in and see if I could find my own kind of barrier or ticket to entry and and kind of um like explore on my own if that makes sense and sort of be like okay what what is it that I like about um Guns N' Roses and, and where, what what's my you know what are my picks what are my uh, mm-hmm. my kind of areas um so I I made it f- through Appetite for Destruction, Use Your Illusion 1 and 2, and the Spaghetti Incident. Ironically, I've not mm-hmm. listened to Chinese Democracy, which I'm actually mildly curious about now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have to say that I struggled. And what, what I found to be quite interesting... I mean, let's start kind of where I started. Obviously, and again, um, I had this discussion with my wife. Um, Appetite for Destruction has to be up there for best debut album of all time. Mm-hmm. Like, up there with... Definitely I mean, Contender. Yeah, like that and Rage Against the Machine. Oh, yeah. Fair. I think, like, to come to come in with Welcome to the Jungle... Paradise City and Sweet Child of Mine alone mm-hmm. and think about like culturally their it, that their impact on the world mm-hmm. quite literally and like cultural embedding as well like Sweet Child of Mine is just it is guitar do you know what I mean it is emblematic of guitar music if if not the les paul and and everything that goes along with it gibson les paul is slash do you know what i mean like that mm-hmm. so to come out with those songs and to be playing those songs so early did they have did they go straight into doing appetite for destruction no so there's a prior to that there was an ep called live like a suicide okay and um it but that was like a four track uh live album right um which was 85, I think. Okay. Um, and that, but one of them was, they've, yeah, they've always done quite a lot of covers, um, but that was a song called Reckless Life, Move to the City, Nice Boys, which is a Rose Tattoo band from Australia cover, okay. and Mama Kin, which is a, an Aerosmith cover. Oh, okay. Um, so yeah, live and covers, and then it was like Appetite, and then those four tracks made half of GNR Lies, which is an EP after Appetite. Okay, because, yeah, like, and I think, I think, and maybe you'll fill this in for me. So my task was really like, I want to find, I want to see the the other tracks. I want to hear all the album tracks. And I think almost universally what I've come to is whoever writes and wrote the singles they feel like a slightly different person than the person who wrote the rest of the album. Both thematically, melodically, in an arrangement sense. And, yeah. Uh, do they write as one? Do they write, is it one person who writes? Do you know? Um, 
I'm not sure. I'm I'm not too hot on their writing process. Okay. I know everything got like I in my mind the first lot was as a band, and then it became more fractured, mm-hmm. and it was like you know slash bring slash bring riff to the party, and Axel mm-hmm. say, "Can we have something a bit less like a same again riff?" Sure. Um, so the bit of a push and pull there, and and that whole kind of it's very well documented. So I'm not kind of going to give you a kind of a history lesson, but mm-hmm. the um, everyone falling out and then, you know, traveling in separate buses and then sure. the studio sessions became very fractured because there's, you know, a lot of drugs, a lot of mm-hmm. chaos. Um, so I think, yeah, I don't get the impression, especially the illusions, it feels maybe a bit more stuck together. I'd say Appetite was more of a band thing. Um, but again, and with the Axel, Axel's reign over it creeping in more and more. Sure. Um, and his direction. Yeah, because I was thinking, like, if anything, I was like, oh, I wonder... Is Axel's vision what I'm after more or less? And I couldn't. I'd say, yeah, I'd say more. Okay. If it's it's it, basically their their sound started as like a hard rock kind of Aerosmith, ACDC mm. inspired rock band. Mm-hmm. And it there's like some in, grunge in there as well. Like yeah, it, you, well, you, I guess what was, you say about them being a stepping stone, perfect sense. Like. Really listening to Slash's guitar playing, I could hear a lot of Jimmy Page and that kind of sort of like Jimmy Page has a cool kind of like sort of scrappiness about him, uh-huh. and I think like that kind of translation and of course like some of the riffs, um, some of the arrangements in in those ways like definitely like a Led Zeppelin, sure. Bit. But then also I could hear like um, is it uh, yeah it's so easy. There's like these kind of chorusy grungy kind of part like Soundgarden you know like uh, uh, influence to well, or well I'd however. say it's because mm-hmm. it's the other way around I'd say that probably comes from the punk rock thing sure because uh, the yeah the, the, the Zeppelin thing is a definite thing mm-hmm. like the, the, the for me Slash is from his solo stuff he kind of went to later mm-hmm. he, it's blues based riffs and uh, it's that he's kind of meat and potatoes that's what he does mm-hmm. you know He's a rock guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, very much inspired by Zeppelin, Aerosmith, all those. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, but the, the punk thing, the spaghetti incident that you mentioned before, the punk inspiration is quite interesting because to put out an album of that it would suggest it was, because I always just assumed it's a Duff, um, the bass player, mm-hmm. Duff McKagan, uh, his main influence, because he was from Seattle, mm-hmm. um, obviously where Soundgarden, Pearl Jam, um, not Pearl Jam. Nirvana. But, Nirvana. Obviously. Yeah, and sub pop and uh, that whole thing. Yeah. Yeah, all that kind of stuff. So he'd he's from he's from there. Mm-hmm. Um Izzy and A- uh, Axel knew each other from like childhood and they're from like, Indiana and Slash is um, you know, LA born and bred, but actually born in Stoke in England. Mm. Um so and he knew Stephen Adler. So you got the the two LA guys and two uh, so one Seattle and then Indiana. So like a bit of I don't know, I see like a the there's a blues thing. And then this punk rock element, but yeah, the um, which I, I maybe I don't really know how to define grunge really, but I I, I do feel like there's a definite punk element in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely. like punk and rock. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, so yeah, yeah. But so I think that I think the punk rock element is more present in the whole band than I thought, mm-hmm. uh, rather than just an influence. And actually going through and making my playlist. Uh, I was surprised at how many. I really like the quick songs. Sure, there's like the ba- there's the ballads, and then there's the like 
let's go. Mm -hmm. And uh, the kind of punky drumming and punky bass mm -hmm. with a, a kind of more blues-based slash riff, you mm -hmm. know. Um, yeah, I don't know if I've answered your question. I've kind of <laughs> just no. get into a wormhole of well, it, interest. It, that's, like I say, like it feels like, like, like yeah, like the songwriting feels so different on the singles. Like, feels so much more outward looking and so much more like what really struck me is to have a song like Paradise City, which is so, like, it's so wide. It's so stadium looking. Mm -hmm. do, do you know what I mean? Like, it really is stadium. You must have seen the video. It's, yeah, it's yeah, like... yeah, exactly. But obviously, I didn't, I'm assuming when they wrote that song, they weren't there. And being no. it's their first record, I would expect not. And like it's so wide and like the kind of writing and the considerations that are made are so like, I don't know, they're so, they're so, there is such a pop sensibility mm -hmm. and such a, a it, they are so well written mm -hmm. for exactly what they are. Same for Welcome to the Jungle, like it's just like has a theme and it has it's cohesive and it lands and it's just it's amazing it's amazing writing and i think i actually think i achieved the opposite is that i had so much more con love for you know I, you know i was driving around listening and i would be listening and i mean like i think maybe also maybe another slight kind of barrier which i knew with kind of any any of that kind of rock is like i've never really um i've never really uh you know been in the situation where i'm like oh um yeah i'll take the 2345 train to east croydon and mm. i sit down and find my seat and i'm not like I'm on a night train. <laughs> and then not only have I never thought that, I've never then been like, I'm on a night train. You know, like, and it's never given me kind of any kind of sexual gratification or kind of, I don't know, like it's not. And I was like, I was, I got that far. I was listening to night train, for example. And I was just like, it's really fun. It's so mm -hmm. fun. Mm -hmm. So, so fun. And to play, I bet it's really fun to play. Mm -hmm. And it's great and you can wear a bandana and you can take your shirt off and wear your guitar low and it's great and it's so much fun to play outdoors. And mm -hmm. it really does, you know, I really felt like they wrote themselves into where they got to because the music just lives in that domain, you know, in that kind of outdoor stadium, like it really does feel like that. It, they they left the club, kind of dirty club sound really quickly. Mm -hmm. But I I found the other songs just to not, like My Michelle, and then like, like there's bits, and like Mr. Brownstone I know is, 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 is quite a, a, you know, like a common, you know, I think I've, you know, seen it. But, yeah, I just was like, give me the singles. 
As soon well, as a single came on, I don't know if it's familiarity, but they just feel like they're in a different world. And as soon as it come on, I was just like, boom, it's Paradise City. You know, boom, it's Sweet Child. And like, they, whereas the other songs didn't, they, they, it's like they were written by someone else. That's that honestly how, how it felt. Yeah, I guess it's interesting as well. By like, if you look at the Spotify plays, like the singles are so, yeah, <laughs> so many millions more plays than uh, like a lot of the album tracks. Um, but I see what you mean, and I it maybe this is because I of overexposure. They're sure. like they're, these songs are so big. All those singles, mm-hmm. uh, everyone knows them. Everyone's heard them, mm. and yeah, many people like them. Mm. I've never been. I've always like in my listening. I never. It's rare that the singles are my favourite. Sure. Um, and like now, I will if I'm listening to Guns and Roses, mm. I would skip Sweet Child of Mine every time. I sure. never put it on. Sure. I sure. never put Paradise City a little bit more because it's a kind of a cooler song. I think mm-hmm. uh, a bit more to it. Oh, Paradise City has everything. Oh, it's, it's great. It it's has a journey. Everything. It's got your your kind of you know like and also like there's there's a bit of a queen kind of that element starts sneaking in there as well and the, yep. and again like the 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 drum beat that way that's set up and that just kind of gah, yeah. like it's sit there and the whistle thing and 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 the going into the, the riff whistle is great and like jumping out and, and you know into from the riff to like this big thing like put it this way. If someone was like, you know, they had someone come in, like to really just to shake the singles up a little bit, I would be like, oh, get it, or like, Fair. oh, matey, you know, Izzy, no, you know, he, those were his songs, or they were someone like it feels. Well, were, Izzy, Izzy is often credited as like the the secret source from the oh, really? first album, okay, uh, and I think he was involved in it. Yeah, isn't it involved in? No, he did. Yeah, he did the illusions as well, but then he quit uh, during the middle of a tour right. when they started touring the illusions. Uh, but yeah, he's often credited as like the magic, like mm. the glue that made sure. it all happen. Sure. Uh, obviously, unless you're close to it, and yeah. who knows? Because um, like "Sweet Child of Mine" is genius. Like that guitar riff is genius. It's such an un. I know it was meant to be a joke, right? I think that was yeah, kind of yeah, the yeah. thing. But like, it's it's so inventive. It's mm-hmm. such a great. It it's so clever how the way it moves. It's almost close to like a like a piano, like ostinato or something. Like it's got like a. It it's such a wonderfully inventive, and the melodies and the way they move, and the arrangements. Whereas it feels like so many other songs, like everything's just kind of like chucked on top of each other and and kind of and and like there's no like like there's not there's there's what's so great about those songs is like they just boom they land and like here's the chorus and the spacing of the melody and everything is like you know take me down to the paradise city it's like it's so it stands out it's it's it just hits and like it's like boom there's the theme paradise city you know, and then like the way that melody is arranged is has like a question and it has an answer and there's space in that melody. And then it feels like the other songs like 
You know, I love your half your half country accent. You know? It's amazing. But it, yeah, but you know? okay. So there's there's a um, you've probably heard it on the tail end of I think it's Use Your Illusion two. I always get mixed up. Mm. Um, there's a song called Garden of Eden. Yes, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is exact sounds exactly like your impression just yeah. now. And then um, they cool like blues transpose thing. Like they love that. Um, yeah, they do. Just, to like, love a bit of that upper, upper tone, doesn't it? Yeah, um, yeah, and they also they play in like um, half a semitone down as well. So, so e that's flat. always right. Yeah, okay, yeah, always fun. But um, yeah, Garden of Eden, right? There's a, the video came out for a while, and uh, I'll put a link in the in the little thingy. Mm. Um, but it's like a fisheye camera, uh, right. just like high up in a room with them like Axel like looking up at it mm-hmm. uh and then all everyone just rocking out and this song is like it never it doesn't it's just Relentless. full bore sure. doesn't let up um high tempo high energy um a really cool little d mm. but and i found like in my yeah what i was saying before is kind of it went from this rock thing to then it went to queen and then it almost uh went to explored more modern elements like there's lots written about Axel being inspired by Nine Inch Nails and this kind of thing uh and it's like electronic influence um so I think that that idea you'd be more into as Mm. you were saying before but um whether you actually like the songs I don't know because it's it's a lot of the Chinese democracy end of things is a lot of feels overblown a bit over uh perfectionistic and over examined um but it still sounds Yes, this, I've put some songs in the playlist from that because I think it's, you know, full representation. There's some, there's some good songs, um, but I've in my yeah, my personal taste, the it felt like the whole machine started as like a, this energetic like band full of attitude. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they look like a gang and like they're well, just like a cool bunch of guys. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, and it it felt like the the more it went on, the machine kind of slowed down. Sure. And the 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 so I like the high tempo, high energy stuff. Mm. And like I've, listening back before this, I realised a lot of the album tracks that are just <laughs> I I put a playlist together, and some of the I was like they're just all quick, and they just go one into the other. Like, okay, go, you know, like you know, punk rock drumming, and but yeah, so try to like mix it up with with some ballads because there's some really sweet spots as well, like some really beautiful songs that really like have a great sentiment, that just like love songs almost, you know. More more ballady, like clean guitars and everything, big choruses. Yeah, I like. Is it Don't Cry? I really like. Yeah, Don't Cry is a great tune. Yeah, that that had. Yeah, it like I felt like um, and this is I had a controversial statement. Listening, so I was like, oh, I think I'm gonna like Use Your Illusion, a lot more. But I didn't find it a ton different. And then, obviously, like "Live and Let Die," you know, like that came Banger. on. And again, like that's a cover. Yeah, it's Paul, Paul, and Linda McCartney. Um, and I was, but then again, I was like, ah, oh, this is 
you know, this is a. Uh, yeah, I think I think whoever's at the heart of it, there's someone who I really like, and there's someone who I'm not as fussed about because some of the songs that just have such like a like a completely different i don't know like a stru- like an internal structure like a melody bass and the cadencing and and just the their melodic sensibility just seems to be completely different and and mm-hmm. like i say listening to it i was like oh this is like really fun and like i can kind of i can i can hear the enjoyment but i was i think i i was really looking to find i was really hoping i think to find like a album vein that i'll be like ah that song really appeals to me Mm -hmm. when actually i was kind of felt like i was just waiting for the next single to come on the next album sure there was a couple like um breakdown I thought that was quite cool. And yeah, my controversial statement, and actually this says so much, is I was kind of like, I can hear them going in that kind of like bluesier, like a little bit of Zeppelin, but like that kind of, there's a little bit of slide and a little bit of like, and I was like, what what I would have really liked, and I think I was kind of thinking like, oh, that could be a nice way in, is I was waiting for like a nice slash like a bluesier, rootsier tune that isn't in the same kind of tonality. And then <laughs> I was like, oh, I'll see if I can get to the last two albums. I know they're not very, you know, well-liked or anything. But actually, <laughs> I didn't know it was a cover album. I put on the Spaghetti Incident and second it started playing, I was like, oh, this is good. Like, I like this is a different <laughs> kind of melody bass. Mm-hmm. and whereas and again I, I only managed to get really halfway through it and listening to a few of the others I was like oh this is less what I like but the melodies some of the I prefer the way these some of these songs are I don't know arranged or or yeah, interesting so I was almost going to be like oh I think I might prefer the spaghetti incident <laughs> over yeah, the others yeah which is Given that it's a punk rock covers album as well, it's quite surprising. Yeah, because uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put you in like a punk fan kind of. But territory. it was, it, it's. I think, it, I think, I think my my rub was really the the like I say it, the intrinsic tr- treatment of chords and melody within the songs. Mm-hmm. The singles just did that for me. You know, Welcome to the Jungle does that for the parrot. You know, uh, I mean, and again, there's a couple of covers. Obviously, they did Live and Let Die, which is amazing. And it's mm-hmm. perfect for them. Like, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a great it's, cover. Yeah, it, yeah. It's the version, as far as I'm concerned. Um, uh, and like, what's interesting is to hear, you know, like that. Like, even that is interesting to hear them play. That is so out of their wheelhouse as far as a tonal... Like that's something that seemingly dissonant and and you know like prepared, um, and the same obviously for knocking on heaven's door. Mm-hmm. I was like, uh, you know, like that's a that's a great song by Guns and that's a great song, 
by Guns N' Roses. Do, do you know what I mean? And well, it's, it, 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 knocking on Heaven's Door is a cover. No, no, no. Exactly. It's a great oh, I see song what you're saying. by Guns N' Roses. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, because actually quite a lot of their songs are covers. Mm. I, hadn't, I hadn't kind of rationalised that. Um, but I think the one thing that we haven't mentioned here, mm. and the one thing which I think is a key component of the enjoyment mm. of this band, mm. and I'd say... So one of the things I got early on, mm. uh, they release two DVDs, right? Live, live DVDs, mm -mm -mm. right? Um, loosely based. Uh, I think they're called Use Illusion One and Two. No, I can't. Remember. Yeah, I think they're called Use Illusion One and Two. Right. I don't know what the, the tracks play was. Anyway, they were they were. I think they were live in Japan mm. um, during this kind of massive tour they did in like. I think it was like 1993, mm. just before it all went wrong. So um, they were, so Izzy Stradlin left during that tour. Mm -hmm. uh, Stephen Adler was fired, I think, for crazy drug use. Mm. And then they brought on uh, Matt Sorum, who was the drummer in The Cult, mm. and a guy called Gilby Clark, who's a rhythm guitar player. Wore lots of Paisley, very cool. And um, played a telly. It's always been like a telly Les Paul set which I've always nice. enjoyed, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. The, the twang and then the thickness. Mm. Um, but so this tour was like world stadium tour, you know, just ridiculous. Mm. And, but where they shine is live. Yeah, definitely. I, 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 where they did shine is live, I'd even say. I, I can't, I'm not going to comment on live now because it's just its own you, you saw them recently, right? Yeah, last year. Okay. And, um, um, this is what I'm saying about the thing slowing down. Like their early gigs were like, it was like, it's all just quick. Like, you know, the the, the classic like drummer plays like one and a half times the speed sure. when he gets live just because of the energy, you know, mm. everything speeds up and it's just a bit more energetic. And and, and that's got that punk ethos and just the, the go. Mm. Um but then uh, some of the, like, they started playing for like two, two and a half, three hours with these very luxurious sets. They'd come on stage late with, you know, Axel reportedly having a nice roast dinner before he came on. They'd come on two hours late. There was riots, you know, the things, uh, venues got set on fire, police mm. and everything. Uh, and it all became a bit of a thing. Uh, and it's just a bit protracted, I guess. But, um, but the energy... The on-stage energy of the band, and I think that Matt Sorum, when he came in as a new drummer, has less energy than mm. Stephen Adler. Mm. Um, but even so, the, uh, the, that, those early few years, the energy of the shows—they're like Axel sprinting around the stage in hot pants, mm. and uh, and Slash running and jumping off stuff, and like there, there's just so much to it. But the, and his voice at that time sounded just amazing even better live i'd say mm. just like the snarl uh and, and this was at the stadium time they kind of brought in uh a pianist and a couple of backing singers tracy roberta mm. and uh dizzy reed on piano and then uh teddy zigzag who's the harmonica player mm -hmm. uh but yeah so all this kind of again it started becoming quite overblown mm. and i think that i always remember reading an interview with like slash saying you know what we're doing with the piano you know it's a rock band kind of that kind of mm -hmm. mentality so already tension but the yeah so the live energy i watched those dvds so many times mm. and 
they have a live album, uh, which is not the same. It's live era, 87 to 93, which came out in 1999. So after they'd split, mm. um, but it's a cl- every song is from a different show, but right. throughout that big world tour kind of period. And that again is great. They've got, um, I just, it's, it just sounds huge. It's mm. a proper show. Uh, and they're like the, the quips, and the and the and the general attitude of the band, mm-hmm. you know, they all sound like out of the faces. But then you've got Axel, who's kind of this otherworldly figure with this almost bizarre take on life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like this, this is well intentioned bit where he's like, "Okay, everyone, stop!" You know, there's people at the front are getting really crushed. Mm-hmm. Could everyone just take a step back? And uh, there's two a stadium, mm-hmm. and you're like. Okay, right. It's well intentioned. I appreciate sure. he's trying to like help the people at the front. And this is before you had gold circles and barriers mm. and catwalks to break up mm. moving crowds, you know. Uh, but asking a whole stadium of people just to take one step back is just so ambitious and like almost delusional in its practicality, mm. you know. Uh, but it's yeah, yeah. There's just 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 live life for me that's what when it all kind of came together and when it all made sense every song really worked and they had you know the big kind of running around energetic bits obviously then piano ballads they had sit down acoustic bits so it's, yeah it's, it's mm. quite drawn out I think uh by this point but um still that's where I think I'd really recommend checking out that live album um, yeah, even, yeah. Even the even the singles that you're saying that really struck you, mm. they come across really really well as well. Mm. Yeah, there's definitely very like I say as a uh, listening to it as a guitar player, definitely mm. like I was like oh, I can like this just sounds like that like, like you say it it feels like it really lives outside. It's got such a there is such a, you're, like there is such an energy to it, and there is like it is really fun in the same way that like Van Halen's got that kind of energy to some degree, like with the guitar playing, it's kind of, it's not like small club music. It's like outdoor sunny music. It's got that kind of, not in a summer's day kind of vibe, but just like summer festival kind of, you know, big. It's big, the, the, the dust and the sweat and the mosh pit. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and it's got like, like I say, so to come out so ambitious as well. And like the writing to reflect that, like those are stadium tunes off the bat, you know, and, and certainly even like the ballads and everything like that, they just set themselves up to be, you know, candles and velvet curtains, like straight away. It's got such a a kind of grandiose sort of vision to it. And here's something I did want to ask is one that I knew I would really like was November Rain. And yeah, that isn't on any of the albums. It's it is. Is it not? It's uh, so each one of um, ah, sorry, okay. it's on the, at the end of sorry, usually okay, that's weird. Is I, it usually Vision two or one? I'm on it's usually usually illusion one. That's weird, okay, yeah, because there's uh, November Rains on the end of one, and then uh, a song called Estranged is on the end of uh, number two in that case. I always get them mixed up. But um, talking of kind of the grandiosity, because mm-hmm. that is obviously, it's an 11 minute something. Yeah, tune. yeah, yeah. Uh, 
Estranged is also very long. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but this was kind of peak MTV. Well, mm-hmm. They got banned off MTV originally, but sure. then their popularity was like peak MTV. So they went really Hollywood on the on the music videos. Mm-hmm. They're an LA band. and But Estranged is the one where you're like, there's a bit where Axel jumps off an aircraft carrier to swim with dolphins and you're like <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I mean it got it's it's so He's doing his bit man. like it's just so over the top mm. you have to find it it is hilarious mm. that but and, and the November rain video I've, done, I've seen that tons of times but yeah. the uh, but what just, a, it's, like, a, it's a it's a it's a it's a film you know yeah but this is what like that like going into it I was like, okay, the songs I know, I really, really, and this is what, this is kind of the, the some of the dissonance that I had, is that I the singles I love, like I, mm. I, again, like I knew, November Rain and I knew Welcome to the Jungle, were were, definitely, you know, like, songs I really, really like, like they're interesting and they have great melodies and mm. you know and you know they're two very different worlds but like they're amazingly well written songs and they do what they do and and that's part of the welcome to the jungle is just so emblematic of that attitude at that point and this kind of their brand of of kind of like you say this kind of stepping stone away from the kind of sort of prog of the 70s into this kind of mm-hmm. sort of the prog of <laughs> the 70s and 80s, I suppose. Um, but also, yeah, like you say, punk and grunge and everything like that. Mm-hmm. And yeah, November Rain, just all the solos, but they're amazing solos, like amazingly well-written, beautifully crafted. And I just, I want more of that thing. And I really struggled yeah. to find more of that thing. In the in some of the other songs, there was bits. I was like, "Oh, that's really cool," but it it just that 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 that's what I struggled with. Is is and and made like you say, you said you you put together like a playlist of of like kind I have of indeed. Uh, but I was just like, I want to, maybe maybe I'm that guy who's like Chinese Democracy is their best album. I don't. I just you really want to have it. I mean, you'd be you'd, you'd be definitely sitting in the minority. I think right. in that case. Oh, I know. Um, but the um. Yeah, if we if we could talk about this forever, then I'd uh, try and like you know diagnose your your taste sure. profile into mm. what exactly it is that the bits you like. Mm. Um, and so yeah, in, like in the playlist I put together, it's a bit. I've, I've kind of avoided the big singles, but maybe okay. I think if but that's good, I know the singles. No, but I think if you uh, if you're listening to this and you don't really know anything. Mm. I don't know. Maybe I've been uh, a bit silly. Like maybe it is unavoidable to not know the the, the really big songs. Sure. Um, but I definitely maybe I should chuck November Rain in. Um, and like, there's bits like like you said, like Mr. Brownstone, Don't Cry, Breakdown, Civil War, um, and then yes, yeah, sing, some singles I'd forgotten, like Knocking on Heaven's Door and Live and Let Die. I was yeah, like, yeah, oh yeah. yeah, I forgot they did that. Um, and yeah, Garden of Eden. Interesting, mm. prefaced by a song called The God. Um, yeah. uh, I hadn't heard the live stuff. That would be interesting to hear. That, I think that'd be a next place to go because the um, 
there's a, I've put in so I've put in the playlist mm. a a really one thing I think that Axel is actually under celebrated for is his piano playing. Mm. Um, yeah. So again, I've I've spoken about this for me personally before. Is that um, bands that combine you know rock guitar, punk rock, and piano is few and far between. I guess like Muse, you know, Guns and Roses, mm. all those. Uh, so yeah, it's there's a song uh, called "It's All Right" from their live album, which is a Black Sabbath cover. Okay. Again, loads of covers. Uh, it's just it's beautiful, mm. um, and obviously November Rain is piano driven. Strange is piano driven. Mm. There's lots of kind of like more like honky tonky piano influences. I think sure. when you're talking about breakdown, mm. uh, and yeah, it's a really important element. You mentioned lyrics as well, and uh, uh, Night Train. Uh, a lot of a lot of the earlier ones, particularly, well, maybe it's across the board. Uh, there is the ballady love songs in there, um, but lot of drug and sex innuendos sure. uh, and metaphor, I guess. There's a lot of, uh, they got in trouble quite a lot of the time, like controversially for a lot, some controversial lyrics. Mm. Um, so I'm not sure if it came out now, how well received that would be. And obviously sure. I'm not sitting here kind of, I don't want to celebrate or, you know, condone anything, which is a little, a little bit well, I, 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 on, the, on the line, but you know. An interesting um, adoption of the time. I mean, it's the same reason i kind of struggle to get into songs about dragons like <laughs> yeah exactly I, I feel very similar in that and that music often isn't very um sexy <laughs> for me um it's not what and and the balance and, and i think as the songs get on i can relate and enjoy those words more i think more if they're like flagging to me as but that's also like what they are. It's kind of like girls, girls, girls. Like it's just it, 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 Motley Crue are a, a good parallel in that sense. But I feel like a uh, again personally, I feel like a much uh, less artistic approach to. Yeah, I feel like it, it's it's more about sex, drugs, rock and roll than the music. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Like even I mean, I like Tommy Lee and Mick Mars as mm. musicians and. Uh, but yeah, I feel they were so yeah, so much more. Even their their documentary that came out mm. a couple of years ago, it's it's so much more about that than the musicianship. And I feel like Guns and Roses, all of them are great musicians mm. and songwriters. Oh, and undoubtedly, it, it's such a, a uh, whether or not you like it, there is a a great kind of bed of talent and originality, mm -mm. Uh, you know, throughout the band. Mm -mm. Yeah, they're definitely their own thing. If that like definitely. Uh... I would be hard pressed to find any direct references to them before they arrived, if, if that makes sense, like what they were doing. Sure. Like, I think they, there's definitely really a, a sound. And like, you know, when you get to something like November rain, that in a weird way, there's only so many bands that can do that. Do you know what I mean? Like that's, you have to kind of be in that position and, and, and part of the, part of the sound is the kind of ludicrousness of it. And the, it's quite the, like bombastic and just over the top. Yeah, and it's theatrical. But the Queen, Queen adopted. You know, exactly. That was that maybe with more humour. I'd, mm. I'd add a bit more of a tongue in cheek, a little you know, wink. Mm. Uh, but it, the same applied. Like it was, and I guess to an extent, to an extent Zeppelin as well. Maybe more seriously. Mm. Uh, 
you know, I, I was even looking through the, <laughs> the the song listings. You're like, a lot of these are over five or six or seven minutes, mm-hmm. and up to like, you know, eleven, twelve. And you're like, that's, yeah, that's it's it is prog or mm-hmm. you know, it's a bit um, self indulgent. People might say, but then sure. I think I think where that where it sits is with they'll also chuck it in a minute and twenty seven, sure. punk punk rock cover, and you're like. Okay, cool. I'm getting a bit of. It's not too far down the the line, Mm-mm. although I appreciate it. It's quite far down the line. Well, I I think that's part. That's what it is. You know, I think some people argue that, and I think I've I've been witness to some of those arguments that you know that's what rock rock and roll. That's what <laughs> that's what it is. You know, is it, it is larger than life, and it and the characters should be, and you should. That's that spirit, you know, that is, you know, you, you should be mythical. And that's, mm-hmm. that's kind of, that's its own, kind of like its own upkeep, <laughs> you know, like yeah, it, yeah, it has yeah. to be, it has to be ridiculous and it has to be. Large, larger than life. Yeah, exactly. Because that's, that's what being a, a rock star is, you know, and, and you well, are. It, it, it is. But is that now, right? And uh, we still look that way. We still are so horny over, like every festival, like ACDC, Iron Maiden. Like we're we're screwed when they die because there's there's just no one there doing those things. It's it's there's some awareness of- to it almost. It's self, like a self awareness. Like it's this Amy Winehouse thing, the Pete Doherty mm-hmm. thing. It's that. You know, it's the reason why everyone slows down on the way to Stonehenge, and it's the same reason everyone slows down at a car crash. Like it is that there is that element of it, and the news element of it, and the you know, are they mm. going to come out tonight? Are they going to you know? It, it kind of is as much that as it is the music to some degree. Like, I, yeah, and often like with this band as an example, they um, you know the, that thing about shining bright for a short time. You know mm-hmm. they're all lucky to be alive, yeah, and, uh, and but it was so dysfunctional, chaotic, and just uh, stupid, Mm-mm. but exciting for it. Mm. And you, I guess you can't have both. Uh, that I mean, I know they've reformed now, and it is a bit more mature and slower, and uh, I don't know, different, sure. but. Um, yeah, the the excitement and the unpredictability of it all. But I was going to say, like, obviously, like you get it, the stones were set before these guys came along, mm. uh, and you know, with like Zeppelin, Zeppelin, and the mythology of around all those kind of seventies bands. Uh, but yeah, I think our our understanding of what rock and roll is today is definitely owed in part to Guns N' Roses. Oh, 100%. Um, if not, if not. Not entirely, but they are no, an, an enormous. Like I say, you think of that first album, like the impact that it had on the world, mm. is somewhat immeasurable. Like it, it, you know, it's emblematic of that era and music and LA and you know that entire scene and the music industry and guitar playing and you know and probably. You know, even the idea of bringing guitars and pianos and everything together and in that way and kind of, you know, mm-hmm. high gain and, you know, 
they they very much have you know undeniably slash has his own sound and you can hear the roots of it but like yeah yeah you know he's still packaged as you know that come out and do the slash thing you know like oh definitely you know, it's, yeah it's it's it's, it's you know, there's there's no shadow of a doubt the impact and the uh, enormity, um, which would is it, seemingly impossible now. You know, to to come out and certainly you know even to 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 think post Hendrix and Page and Clapton and all those people who kind of those things hadn't really been invented or popularized yet. You know, this, mm. they came on the back of something that you know was set in stone and and you know the 60s had passed and they were had already got through the 70s and kind of people were looking for certainly after prog in the 70s people were looking for a simpler you know a simpler style of music and punk was you know that answer so to come along at that that point really and 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 kind of i mean be it it's the late 80s to to really kind of ride out of that and kind of sort of have best of both worlds really was was a well, that's yeah. That, the, the, the punk thing is, I think it's, it's come up loads in this, but uh, kind of a really undisputed factor. It's, al- it's almost an irony because mm. uh, they wanted to get away from like the glam scene, which was all like uh, this poison and Cinderella mm. and all these kind of, uh, you know, the big hair, lots of glitter and makeup, sure, cat suits, sure. yeah, all yeah, that yeah. out of like probably particularly LA at that point. Uh, but this this punk element is obviously all about keeping things simple, mm. uh, and then it became overblown. Yeah, yeah. And then then you see like Nirvana comes out, and it's then okay, cut through the the, the bullshit, and it's simple sure. again. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. And music uh, does that and, over the eras. It seems to be always a the answer to the previous era. You know, I think I think one of my favourite eras in the world was like kind of that like post-prog jazz uh, era in the 70s where like suddenly all these big prog bands, no one wanted. And again, like it's cultural, it's, it's Thatcherism, it's, 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 you know, it's affordability. People who could play guitar and do those things at that point needed to have some, probably had some kind of education and probably had, you know, parents and were probably white and blah, 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 blah middle class and what have you and those people could afford to have a guitar and learn guitar in the same way that it, you know the the uh, in New York they had the same element with you know with, with rap and hip hop you know those things were unachievable by and and not in the hands of the people who wanted to use them um and the same for the songwriting no one wanted these complicated songs and so like genesis and what and then you've got like Steely Dan and Genesis sort of reforming, but like now they're making jazz pop that's like mm. simpler. And it's all—it's almost like, oh, well, we're out of a gig. <laughs> we need to conform somehow. And so much seems to have happened again out of classic rock. It, kind of dinosaur rock was kind of the, the term. Mm-hmm. And so, dad rock. Yeah, exactly. And then obviously for punk to come along and then almost like you say, like the, the glam thing, they almost kind of found each other again. Punk kind of met kind of classic rock and kind of had a baby <laughs> if you know what I mean mm. so again it's also such a sort of a line in the sand really of like where history where our culture was at that point um and they still very much occupy that I don't think that's yeah definitely, that's definitely. Oh, they, they, they've I think their uniqueness make me means that there's an element of timelessness and mm. uh you know they do stand out from Bon Jovi and uh Motley Crue and yeah. you know the, some of the big bands at the time um 
I'll just give you a quick songs wise. My playlist, like I say, is hopefully a quick, it's a chronological kind of whip through their back catalogue, mm-hmm. avoiding the singles. Well, most of the singles, I'd say. Um, but I've got Shadow of Your Love in there, which is a, a newly released, well, a few years ago, uh, old song. So it starts with a lot of their early demos, very demo-y, right. um, really blues based and cool to hear. But capture that energy. And then It's So Easy, You're Crazy, great song. Uh, Rocket Queen, which is a bigger song mm. off Appetite, mm. uh, really good. Axel famously recorded himself having sex with someone in the studio and mm. that's you can hear that through it. Okay. Just, just the kind of, this is what you're in for. Uh, <laughs> off in Our Lies, uh, Patience, just to show you a little bit of an acoustic ballad thing. Yeah, nice, that's, I like Patience. Yeah, yeah. yeah, really popular. And then Live and Let Die, as you said, and Don't Cry, Garden mm. of Eden from Music Illusion 1. Civil War, Get in the Ring is one of my favourites of all time. Okay. Uh, our Fuse Religion 2. Mm-hmm. It's like a simulated live song mm-hmm. where, um, about Guns N' Roses versus the world in a wrestling ring with like okay. a. Uh, uh, and then Axel goes on a rant about um, all these uh, personally names these people at rock magazines who've slagged him off. <laughs> uh, sure. But in a recorded song mm-hmm. and just goes on this rant in the middle of the song. And it's just, it's, it's crazy, but it's like genius. And sure. I don't know, it's just, it, it's so, I, I don't know, mm. wild, mm. I guess. Uh, and then Yesterday's So Fine and Estrange, all of which are quite nice. Mm. Uh, I've got Attitude and Down on the Farm from Spaghetti Incident. Move to the City and It's All Right, I mentioned before the Black Sabbath piano cover. Uh, but Move to the City is really good as well, off Live Era. I just mm. put a couple in from there. And then I've got Chinese Democracy, Shackler's The Revenge, Sorry, and This I Love from Chinese Democracy. Okay. So that should give you... I might stick November Rain in there, but maybe not. It's, it's quite a... It's, it's a chunk. But if you're like... I'd just say if it's like... If anything we've said, mm. good or bad, has, you know, pricked up your ears. Well, where do you... give it a I shot. Was, I was going to say, where... Where, where should you start? What, where have we, where have I gone wrong? Where have, where, where would you start? If you were going to recommend, this is where you should start. Or these are the tracks, let's say three tracks or a a particular album. This for me, that's where I would start if I was going to start Guns N' Roses. It's a difficult question, definitely, because it depends on your... I mean, if you're totally off-put by the whole thing, then... No, no, but what, what, where would you start? Uh, you, you can only give your own, but just if you were going to show, hey, this is where I think... Because that's our edge, right? We're not, we're not trying to be like, oh, this is the top anything. We're trying to find our way into this music, and sometimes we're familiar with it, and sometimes we're not. So I think do the you know idea what, is that your personal opinion of where you should start could be very different from someone else's. Do you know what I do? And I'm going to put this, this is... Uh, a choice thing. Mm. I would start with Freddie Mercury tribute concert from I think 90, I want to say 92, it could be 91. I know he died in 91. At Wembley, Bohemian Rhapsody, Elton John and piano. Basically, uh, the big bit at the end of Bohemian Rhapsody, Mm -hmm. Axel flies in from the side of the stage (laughs) And his, his little, he used to have this mic stand with a steering wheel on the bottom, mm-hmm. uh, but he also has a really short one. Uh, 
And he stood on this, like, this monitor box, hot pants, jacket, this mic, with, like, a bouncing Wembley Stadium for this, like, one of the most important gigs of all time, I guess. Uh, Unreal. I can barely talk about it. It's, like, it's it's just so brilliant. Mm -hmm. So I'd watch that, and then if you're not, if you go... I don't like his voice. I don't like what this guy's about. Then you probably should just listen to someone else. Uh, <laughs> okay, you're, doing, you're doing a great job. If that, that. <laughs> if that doesn't win you over, then sure. I don't know what will. But it's, honestly, I, it's just, yeah, shivers. But I, I'd probably say start start at the... Um, if you're into, if you want something lighter, I say start with something like It's So Easy. Mm. Uh, and... If you don't know the hits, start go where Andrew said, Paradise City, Welcome to the Jungle. Mm. Uh, then check out November Rain. And uh, if that's too too much and you want a bit more edge, I guess, yeah, go with It's So Easy, You're Crazy, and stuff like Garden of Eden. A bit more, it's, it's it picks up a little bit. It's okay. got the pace, it's got the attitude. Uh, so, yeah. Um, and then I guess for the for the more epic songs, Civil War is brilliant. Mm. Uh, it's like an an anti-war sentiment, really. Mm. And there's a great line at the end this, where he says, "On on record again, he's like, what's so civil about war anyway?" Mm-hmm. And just but just says it at the mm. end, and I'm like, I, I, he's, "Yeah, smart man." Um. So yes, I would say that if that's not quite a three-song simple, simple start, mm. but yeah, it depends what you're after. I think this is a problem with knowing bands too well, mm. is that you see the intricacies, whereas if I zoomed out, mm. uh, like you probably approaching this at more, is you just go, oh, they're just a big 80s rock band that played stadiums and wrote songs about sex, drugs, rock and roll. But mm. yeah, I think that when you, you probably all know this, it's like when you're into someone a lot, it's like, oh no, but like at two minutes... Uh, 30 seconds on that second song <laughs> sure, from the sure. fifth album that was a demo for by his sister uh there's a little cat meowing and that's the that means that you know it's like mm. you're just two in the weeds sure um I'd, I'd, I'd say like appetite for destruction probably has a bit of everything and it's maybe a little more digestible I'd say so use your illusions one and two spaghetti incident i feel like is not necessarily a true uh, I didn't know it was a covers album at all. It's not necessarily a true um, representation. It's a fun I, ride, but yeah. And right. I feel like Ap- Appetite has some huge singles on it and it's definitely got that kind of certainly punkier like uh, 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 kind of a- approach in some of the maybe some of the harder songs. Um, mm-hmm. I think, yeah, as a package, I feel like that, whereas the other I think that's, two are that's kind be- of a bit that's more... That's better advice than mine. A yeah. bit more spread, a bit more, uh, yeah, a bit bit wider reaching. And I feel like as a double album, that concept maybe is, is like jumping straight into a double album is probably quite hard. And I'd mm. like to, like, I'm interesting to see what's on your playlist. I definitely would like to know more. So I, I, uh, I'm committed to, and again, I need to be, I was much more familiar with Appetite. I would like to be more familiar with Use Your Illusions uh, 1 and 2. And then, yeah, I want to try Chinese Democracy. I'd be interested, just from a songwriting perspective, how how that feels. Being so, is, I bet, 
I'd be really interested to hear your take on it as well. Is it just um, Axel? So it's it's not. It's Axel and many people. Okay. Uh, who are they? I actually saw in like 2006. I saw um, Axel and Guns N' Roses. Mm. It, it, he kind of ran with the name, mm. uh, but they were all Bumblefoot. If don't know if you know him. Oh, Ron I Fowl. know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he played for them for a while. There was Buckethead in there. Mm. There was lots of like X Nine Inch Nails members. Um, okay. uh, really, he was trying to kind of modernize, I guess. Okay. Um, uh, so, but it's a very drawn out, drawn out process, long time, mm. and famously fits and stars very famously. Mm. Yeah, but it came out in two thousand eight. But yeah, there's people all over it, which is why it feels a bit stuck together, sure. uh, a bit too like. Uh, engine engineered in a way like too polished sure um which is again not what they're about but um yeah i'd give it give it a listen okay. give it a listen see what you think because it is an interesting take on like uh someone's vision of what guns and roses should be in like the more modern day sure uh would they ever do a new vision, I guess. sorry would they would they ever do a new record is that the plan or it's it's been said that they've been working on stuff but okay. for like five years so right. uh I think they they just seem to be touring a lot. They put out those couple of singles, but apparently they, I think they're quite old in right. old songs stuck together. Sure. And that one you mentioned uh, before, uh, absurd. I think it's called. That came out as a single. Mm. Uh, the new track. Mm. You uh, you did. Andrew did a great impression. I think it was before we started. I was uh, being facetious, this. actually. Um, I know you were. <laughs> being for, for heaters. Uh, and uh, but it has the weirdest groove. I couldn't like. It's it's very like. Ugh, janky but sure. um yeah so but i think yeah that's for new stuff i'm hoping for a new album it'd be very interesting mm. uh but but again like i'm on a nostalgia trip here really mm. and uh it's it's the same you'll probably all relate with bands that have had such a big influence on you in your earlier years you'll always have a, like a big space for them sure uh and you can't really replicate uh that feeling you had when you when you discover them and the reasons and the place and the time mm -mm. and the, the things that struck you and captured your imagination and kind of took you on your journey. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, you can explain it and I'm sure other people would get it if for their bands, you know, mm -mm. Uh, but it, these guys might not be yours and that's fine. Um, but yeah. It's like watching Jaws, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Because, you know, <laughs> like, I've never got stuck... That I've it, never got Star Wars. And, I loved it. You know, but now it's showing, you know, I'm sure if I showed my son Jaws by the time he's old enough to, you know, care, there's quite a lot of explaining <laughs> that's kind of, <laughs> yeah, you yeah, know. Yeah. And context as well is key, you know. Yeah. So, um, yeah. But I'm glad, yeah, I'm glad you didn't, I think, yeah, I'm glad you didn't hate it, but also, no, I, they're so big anyway. It's not like I own them. Mm. Uh, but I'm, yeah, I think I would, would listen to it. Check out a live album. Check out Chai's Democracy for further work. Sure. I will. Thanks, Dad. Um, <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Chris. <laughs> well, Matt, do you want to see um, everyone off of the property? Thanks so much for listening to oh, us I will. today. Um, check out our recommendations. Check out our playlist that we will have made. Um, like I say, I'll chuck in. I had some, I did have some, I have made a, a kind of a, a little playlist of what songs that I, I did, I, I did really like. Um, mm -hmm. Okay. Um, uh, uh, from a, from across the spectrum and yeah I'm going to check out Chinese Democracy um, uh, so yeah please do check out our playlist um, Matt what else do we have to do 
<laughs> Thanks to our Patreons. Thanks, Patreon. For the continuous support. Check out our Discord as well if you want to go and chat to other people about how much you also hate Guns N' Roses. Mm. And um, no hate. It's actually a really friendly, lovely place. And yeah, we'll be back next week with more fun and frolics. Um, if you want to recommend us someone who you'd like us to kind of cover in this new spangled mm. uh, artist-focused thing, let us know. Um, we're kind of open to anything. Um, so stuff we know, stuff we don't. Um, but yeah, we will see you next week. Bye, everyone. Thank you. Bye. Bye.